hello. Welcome to another Wind Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Raziel. I got my man Mitchell Tennis here, and we got the second day of the MLB playoffs. A little bit bigger slate today. We had a four-gamer yesterday. Excuse me. We had a four-gamer yesterday. Um, everybody hit that lock button on Shane Bieber, and yikes. I think he ended up with seven earns, so not great. We talked about pivoting off of him a little bit. Maybe go to Cole. He was good, not great. Um, maybe go to Lucas Giolito. He was very great. Um, and even Kenta Maeda, five innings, zero and five Ks. So there's definitely a lot of things that we said were right. Uh, a couple of the stacks worked as well. Um, we talked about a Chicago White Sox stack. Mitchell made a little bit of money on one of those, which is kind of nice. So it was interesting, interesting day to say the least. But we are on to the next day. Now we get some of these NL teams involved as well. And we're going to start right off with the Cincinnati Reds. In, I, I mean, I guess in Atlanta. Yeah, they're all on, in the home team park, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's no fans. Who cares? Uh, we have your soon-to-be NL Cy Young Award winner, Trevor Bauer, going up against Max Fried. No slouch himself, uh, 2.25 ERA on the season. The Reds were everyone's darling coming into the season because they had the easiest schedule in the world. They pretty much stuttered the entire way. They looked like idiots. Uh, Bauer was great. Sonny Gray was up and down. Um, rest of their pitching staff, uh, Trevor Malley was pretty solid this year. They had some good pitching and good offense. I just don't think it could ever kind of put it together. So talk to me a little bit about this Atlanta-Cincinnati game. I mean, I would say we're heavy Atlanta, but Trevor Bauer has been lights out this year. I'm a fan of Bauer. Uh, 38% K rate to left-handed hitters, 34 to right. And this... Atlanta lineup has seven hitters with the strikeout rate above 20%. Mm-hmm. Uh, five of them, five, five of them above 25%. So this, the strikeout rate's definitely there. Atlanta, you, as you know, teams like the Yankees are kind of that strikeout walk home run team a little mm-hmm. bit uh, with, with um, Darno, uh, Freeman, Ozuna, Acuna, but there's a lot of strikeouts to be had, and with this new discounted pricing to start the postseason, I think I think that could be a really good spot for Trevor Bauer here. And then as yeah. far as Max Freed, I'll probably look elsewhere, and I don't. But I don't think I'm gonna try to attack him either. Numbers don't really jump off the board as far as mm-hmm. getting hit around a lot and his strike. Out numbers aren't really aren't really where I'd like them to be for his price. There's a couple guys, one a little bit higher price, one a little bit lower price that I like much more. <clears throat> yeah, it's really, I, I don't know what DraftKings is doing. I'm kind of curious from their standpoint why they are doing this with the pitching. I mean, someone like Trevor Bauer should be priced close to 11K, but I guess maybe it's because it's a smaller slate. Maybe they just want more runs. I really don't know what they're doing, but it's interesting to say the least. Now, again, we saw Shane Bieber go out there and get absolutely rocked. Um, he's still going to win the Cy Young, people. Don't worry. That has nothing to do with it. He's going to get one postseason start, give up seven runs, and we're going to call it a day after the Yankees probably sweep the Indians tomorrow. But interesting. So, you know, as as we're saying, you know, we're hitting the lock button. We're loving Trevor Bauer's spot. I would say this Braves lineup is deadly enough. Can't hurt to throw a stack somewhere in there. Just one. You're making 10 lineups, right. maybe one of them. It can't hurt, man. Acuna is a, there's a reason he almost went 40, 40 last year. Freddie Freeman is one of the most consistent players that is just super underrated for who he is and what he does. I think there's definitely a little opportunity here, but I agree with Mitchell. I think it's Trevor Bauer's season. Absolutely. But just in case making a few lineups doesn't hurt. 
doesn't hurt. So let's move on to your Minnesota Twins. Uh, still up against these Houston Astros. The Astros won't die, unfortunately. And believe me, Mitchell, everybody is rooting for you and the Twins. I can promise you that no one wants to see these Astros wins outside of Houston. We have Brios on the hill at 8,200. I know we spoke about him a little while ago. He's a very up and down kind of guy. His last start against Cincinnati, the 25th, so a little less than a week ago now. Uh, five innings. Four earned, did have seven Ks, so you know salvaged it a little bit, but not a great start overall. We then have Lance McCullers on the hill for the Astros. He's sitting there. It looks like about seventy-two or seventy-five hundred. He's been been injured this year. He's come back. He's looked okay. He's looked solid. Last three starts hasn't given up a run, and has nine, seven, and eight Ks. So he definitely has some upside. Last three starts on DraftKings as well all above 24 points. So I think that's important. How do you think this game's going to play out, man? And, and tell me, please tell me you think the Twins are going to win. I hope they win. Uh, I don't let Brios hasn't pitched the greatest this year. And according to what I look at, it's got the projected starter as Jose or Kaidi, but I got Lance McCullers numbers pulled up. I know DraftKings has it too. I think MLB had it as Arcadi too, so I'm not okay. sure. I know after the game, after the Twins game today, they weren't, they didn't announce an official starter, so I really don't know yet either. But I got McCullers' numbers pulled up: twenty-eight percent, twenty-nine percent, pretty much strikeout rate to left-handed hitters, and the Twins will probably roll out six or seven, including their switch hitters. And this Twins lineup strikes out quite a bit. So seventy five hundred, if you want some some Dodgers, potentially, you can uh, you can look for McCullers here to save some money. I'm, oh, I don't man. think I'm going to pick on the Twins a ton. I mean, like as far as picking picking their lineup, McCullers mm-hmm. his last three starts really seemed to get it together. Granted, it was Texas, Seattle, Texas, but before that, he still scored twenty five against Oakland. So. I'm going to avoid the Twins as far as Barrios goes. He's given up a 452 ISO to left-handed hitters off of his fastball this season. Yikes. Yeah. So I'm going to – Kyle Tucker has a 400 ISO against fastballs from right-handed pitching this season. Be be looking at him. And then – Michael Brantley, what's Altuve's price? Altuve's price is 44, yeah. I'd probably rather go Gurriel way down at 3,200. That that way you you can, another way to save money if you do this Astros kind of stack and then Mm -hmm. put McCullers in there, toss in some Dodgers hitters. and Call it a day. How about, could you, if, if it's not too much, could you look up, uh, your Quiddy's numbers, because again, if he's going to yeah. be one of the other potential starters, as we're recording this at ten o'clock at night on Tuesday, um, you know, hey, we'll give the people all the info that they can, and if one of them has to be the starter, if not, shit, man, something really bad happened. I think so. We'll uh, we'll have to pay attention to that one. Yeah, Kaidi struggles more against right-handed hitters. Two hundred eight ISO, three sixty-two WOBA. His strikeout numbers are pretty bad. So if he pitches, I would definitely be more. For the twins, mm-hmm. he, uh, he doesn't. His K rate is his overall K rate's below fifteen percent. So, 
I definitely wouldn't look to pitch him. And you could look at the potential twin stack of Cruz, Kepler, Buxton then, or even Rosario. Rosario, Sano, Kepler, Cruz, um, Buxton all have ISOs above 250 against right-handed pitching. So they're all not too bad options here for Kaidi. If Kaidi does end up pitching... I like that. I like that. I think that's important. Buxton had uh, what he got a hit. He had a stolen base today or yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Nelson Cruz had that RBI today uh, or yesterday. Miguel Sano had the bases loaded and decided not to run. That was a little frustrating, but hey, it is what it is. We all can't be happy. So those are the three potential pitchers for that game. And I'm just looking at this slate, and it's just so beautiful. 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 10 o'clock. It's all day baseball. All intense. It is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and because of three-game slates, we're already two potential elimination games, which are going to be weird. So moving on, we have the Miami Marlins in the playoffs. Awesome statistic. Everybody should know it by now. The Marlins have made the playoffs twice. The Marlins have never won the division. The Marlins have two World Series championships. Just let it sink in, people. They have never won their division. They've been to the playoffs twice, and the two times they won it all. So anybody in a legal state, if you can bet, I don't know, five bucks on the Marlins to win the whole thing. I'm sure the odds are ridiculous at this point. So you'll, you'll probably make a few dollars on that. I mean, shoot, make it 10, 10 Venmo request me for it. If it doesn't work, I don't give a <laughs> shit. It's awesome. You never, it, it, it's the craziest thing in the world and it always continues to happen. So it looks like we have Kyle Hendricks up on the Hill for the Cubs and Alcan, uh, Alcantara on the Hill, Sandy Alcantara on the Hill for the Marlins. He's been pretty damn good this year. A lot of K upside. ERA sitting at three flat. Um, Kyle Hendricks has, he's been weird, man. He has some really incredible games. He had that um, eight inning no hitter the other day, or he had something that was going on, ended up getting 10Ks. He had a complete game earlier this year. It was ridiculous. Uh, he's been, he's weird and wacky. I, I like him sometimes. I respect junk ball. That's what I'll say. Um, so how are you looking at this game? I mean, we know the Cubs offense has been terrible. Uh, we know Kyle Hendricks is weird. Are, are you looking at this one too much in terms of, you know, who to pitch or who to pick on? This is probably a spot that I might get a, be a little bit different than the field on. Mm -hmm. um, Hendricks, not going to pitch him. He's much – he's better against left-handed hitters, and that's kind of where more of a strikeout upside comes and this this Marlins lineup probably is only going to have two left-handed hitters rolled out tomorrow, so I'll probably I probably won't pitch Hendricks, and but I'm not going to pick too many Miami bats either. None of their mm -hmm. numbers really really pop too much for me. But this the other side of the ball, I know I've been off of the Cubs, but this is where I'm going to probably be a little different. Uh, Alcantar against left-handed hitters, 225 ISO, 363 Woba. Then we look at his slider that he throws 22% of the time against left-handed hitters. He's got a 417 ISO off of that slider. And if we look at Cubs hitters, Ian Happ off of um, right-handed pitching sliders, 500 ISO. That's where four Ooh. of his home runs have come off of. He's hit 11 of his home runs off of right-handed pitching. We go down to Rizzo. He has a 421 ISO off of sliders, and 10 of his home runs have come off right-handed pitching. So that's those two are the, the main ones that I'm going to look at. I think you'd, 
you're going to want to try to get somebody that's a little bit cheaper, kind of Jason Hayward maybe, um, Kyle Schwarber at 3,800, I think you could you could try to get two to make it a three stack. But those two are the ones that really stood out to me, and I'll probably roll them out, and I think that might be where I can be a little bit different. I like that. Yeah, I don't think too many people are going to be on these Cubs bats because, again, they've just been so freaking bad this year. I mean, just looking at it, it's just insane to me. I mean, Javi Baez hitting 203 for the year with a below 600 OPS. Wilson Contreras, eyes OPS barely above 750. Anthony Rizzo, OPS barely above 750. I mean, Ian Happ was hot as shit. He was like the hottest thing on planet Earth. And he cooled off. I mean, he hasn't a home run in over 10 games at this point. So, uh, you know, I mean, he he was doing really great. He was hitting over 300. Now he's hitting under 260, which I know is not the greatest indication. Kyle Schwarber, 188. OPS barely over 700. It's just crazy to me how this Cubs offense, where a couple years ago was the greatest thing since sliced bread, and now they can't hit the side of a friggin' barn. So it is what it is. Uh, I do think it's an interesting place to get a little different and an interesting place that you can kind of, uh, you know, try and make, make a couple dollars again. One or two lineups, it doesn't hurt. Uh, let's move on to this 3 o'clock game. We have the Chicago White Sox and the Oakland Athletics. Looks like we have Mr. Chris Bassett on the hill for the Athletics. He's been good this year. We have Dallas Keuchel on the hill. He's been great this year. You're under two. We really like that. I think his worst game of the season was his first game of the season, and since then, dude's been lights out. Uh, Keuchel, as we know, the K upside isn't quite what it is what it is for most dudes. Um, I mean, he's hit seven a couple times, but he even has a start here of just one strikeout, two strikeouts, last start, six innings, three strike, three strikeouts. So his, um, his DraftKings upside isn't that great. His real upside is pretty good. Um, with Chris Bassett, a little bit better K upside, uh, definitely not striking out only one dude and his, his points, uh, his DraftKings points definitely show that. How are you looking at this game uh, in terms of some stacks and, and either playing one or both of these pitchers? Keiko's hard for me because he's kind of priced right at that, right at a shaky point where I think you could play him. But it, you, obviously, you know, like you mentioned, his strikeout numbers just aren't there. I don't think I'm going to play him. The the A's do have three hitters that strike out well above 30% against left-handed pitching and six at 25% or higher. So they do strike out a lot. Keiko's not a strikeout pitcher. I'm not going to look to target Oakland bats no matter either way. Keiko has a 0. 0.00000 ISO against left-handed hitters and a .08 ISO against right-handed hitters. So I'm just probably going to – I think I'm going to avoid Oakland and Keuchel and then flip into the Chicago side. Bassett hasn't been terrible. I think Chicago might be one of the more popular spots for people again. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to – I'm going to avoid it. And Chicago is much worse against right-handed hitting. Pitching, uh, yeah. Um, and just uh, one one thing of note for Chris Bassett, he's literally given up one earned run in the month of September. Um, again, we'll look at the starts: Seattle, San Francisco, Texas, and Houston. So not like a murderer's row, like we're looking at with the Chicago White Sox. But hey, one earned run. I mean, how many pitchers can I say they only gave up one earned run? 
Looking at looking at the White Sox against right-handed hitting, they have eight. Uh, their projected order has eight players with twenty-five percent strikeout rate or higher. Okay. Everybody except for Madrigal. So maybe and Bassett. Bassett does have a twenty over twenty percent K rate to both sides of the plate. I mean, it won't be a bat. You're definitely going to be different at that point. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be playing. I mean, and don't I wouldn't I wouldn't put my life on it, but no. But with eight guys above twenty five percent K K rate, it's hard. You that's just, there's a lot of upside there for seventy four hundred. Hundred percent, man. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to play the upside. So Keiko again, don't think he's going to give up too many runs. Whatever the over under for this game is, especially first five, I'd say we uh, we we take the under there. I think that might be a pretty pretty solid bet. Um, moving on, so we're going to have the Toronto Blue Jays facing elimination already. I kind of like this already facing elimination only after one game. So it's kind of cool. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's intense already. Uh, going up against the Tampa Bay Rays, Blake Snell was on the hill yesterday pitched incredibly he was absolutely fantastic i think he almost touched double digit strikeouts if he didn't uh he was at nine we have tyler glass now on the hill uh, who's been much much better in the second part of the year than he was in that first part of the year it was it was awful what he was doing in that first part of the year uh he's definitely come down to earth a little bit k upside is ridiculous with him as we know and then we have hinjin ryu uh, this is literally what the blue jay signed him for was to uh get him for this game and I mean, hey man, he's here. Last start, seven innings, zero, uh, zero earned against the Yankees. So they got the win there. I mean, how are you looking at this game? Rayu obviously doesn't have quite the K upside, but the Tampa Bay Rays strike out, I think, the most amongst all teams of baseball. Yeah, Hinju actually has really good numbers against right-handed hitters. Mm-hmm. Twenty is he has higher K rate against right-handed hitters, higher swinging strike rate. Um, so if we look at this Tampa Bay lineup, the projected lineup right now has only two left-handed hitters in Brandon Lau, Low, and Kevin Kiermaier. No one told us. How are we supposed to know if nobody tells us? <laughs> and Kevin Kiermaier. So. I think Ryu is in a pretty solid spot. Obviously, like you said, Tampa Bay has, I believe, the most strikeouts. Mm -hmm. So, and then if they're only rolling out two left-handed hitters, I think 8,400 was his price, I believe. Uh, Oh, no, 81. 81, yeah. 81, yeah. I was thinking get last night, yeah. But yeah, at that price, that's and if you look, uh, the Rays have four high ISO hitters against left-handed hitting, but Ryu doesn't. None of his numbers really pop. He's not. I definitely wouldn't pick on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll. I'm gonna play him against Tampa Bay. So. I don't know. That's a tough spot. Watching you kind of I, work your through, through, through this is kind I'm, of fun, honestly. You're squirming around. I know. Right now. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of indifferent, still making up my mind on that spot. But I'm gonna flip. I'm gonna. I'll finish. I'll finish with that one. We'll, um, we'll finish. We, have now. Time. we have time. Make sure to at Mitchell Tennis. 
T-H-O-E-N-N-1. Just ask him on Twitter. He'll uh, he'll help you tomorrow once he really figures this yeah, out. Yeah. How's that sound? Yeah. Yeah, looking at glass now, though, 38% K rate from both si- for both sides of the plate. Gets hit much harder and um, better from righties, actually. I think this is a good spot to, to attack this young Toronto lineup. 8,400. Like I, like we said earlier, this pricing is just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Glass now was he above? Yeah, he was up to ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven only a couple starts ago. Yeah, so, I, th- I just think this is a good. This I'm gonna answer that question now. I would rather have Glass now than Ryu. Okay, all right, making a stance. But as you said, you're not trying to pick on either of them. It doesn't sound like so. Not too many. Uh, no, no. Yeah, like too much I mean, the game yesterday was that's actually what I was looking at when the sound came on. A video just started playing when I was looking at the box score of this game. I mean, three to one and only four hits and five hits. So they really didn't do much. They didn't really didn't have much offense in yesterday's game either. No, Boba Shet, uh got his first RBI. Uh, shout out Boba Shet. Uh, coolest name in the game. Uh, so not too much hitting, a little bit of pitching from that game, so that one should be fun. Let's move on to the St. Louis Cardinals up against the San Diego Padres. We have Chris Paddock on the hill. Chris Paddock has not been very good this year, unfortunately. We were super high on him over here at the Wind Daily team, but dude gave up a bunch of dingers all year. Gave up a bunch of runs, obviously. That's not a great spot. Uh, place to be has some K upside, but honestly, he really didn't even get that high in strikeouts this year, which kind of sucks. So we were high on him. Unfortunately, didn't work out as well. Um, and then we have Mr. Kim on the hill for the Cardinals, who last time out was fantastic. Um, K upside is not there, but definitely the ERA is low at point one point six two. One thing we can say though is this Cardinals lineup sucks. Um, there's nothing there, and the San Diego lineup is fantastic. So, of course, what we're going to see happen is a very low-scoring game, very low-scoring series where the Cardinals pull it out, which is total bullshit, but we're all rooting for the Padres, I think. I mean, who the hell is rooting against the Padres at this point? So talk to me a little bit about this game. Are you going to be uh, stacking some Padres? Are you going to be playing some Chris Paddock, knowing how bad this Cardinals lineup is? How's it looking for you so far? I like Paddock. He, uh, this, like you said, this St. Louis lineup is just terrible. Uh, against right-handed pitching, they only have one hitter in Brad Miller, who I believe they only signed because of COVID at the time. I think Wasn't so. It? And you were riding him this He's year. their only hitter against, yeah. He's their only hitter against right-handed hit pitching with an ISO above 200. And a lot of these guys are below 100. I mean, they're pretty nice. bad. God damn, it's so bad. It's so. Shame, huh? I mean, they're, yeah. And then you look once you get past the top four, well, really the top three in their lineup, all strikeout rates are above twenty five percent. I mean, most of them are closer to thirty percent. So, this is a good spot for Paddock. Um, the St. Louis bats. Let's see, price. They're relatively cheap. See, I'm not, they're not cheap enough even for me to even think about still. So, yeah, I'm not – I'm about no St. Louis for me as far as hitting. I mean, Goldsmith's still 5,000. Um, so, what flip about, to San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me. I mean, this San Diego lineup's been killer all year. 
Fernando Tatis, 53, Machado, 55, Will Myers, 51. So they're expensive, but they've been hammering the shit out of the ball all year long. Yeah, Kim is much, much worse against right-handed hitting. He goes from a 30% strikeout rate to left-handed hitters to only 12 right-handed, seven and a half swinging strike rate only. So if you want to look at some of these right-handed hitters, um, Machado, Tatis, Will Myers has just been unreal this year. And he's got a 328 ISO against left-handed pitching. You can, it's going to be a expensive, pretty expensive stack, mm-hmm. but I think, I think a lot of people would go, are going to go towards Dodgers if they're spending up. So if you want to, if you want to move to these Padres right-handed hitters, I think that's definitely an option. Yeah, and and the thing is with the with the Padres hitting, I mean that's kind of as expensive they've been the last. I don't know. We've been doing the show on a, a daily basis, essentially, or at least four nights a week for the last three weeks. That's kind of as expensive as they've been all year. And with the fact that the pitching is is so far down again, Trevor Bauer should be priced around at least ten five. And on a slate like this with this few pitches, probably closer to eleven. He's nine k. He's like, I mean, I'm not going up to Cookie Carrasco, so he's the highest that we're going to get. And, you know, after that, it's it's Bueller and Paddock who are under 9K each. So as expensive as they are, I still think there's a pretty solid opportunity to be able to get that stack in because you don't have to pay out for pitching. And there's going to be a pitcher we get to in a little bit that is like shockingly low. And we already talked about a couple in the 7K range that we wouldn't mind taking, um, you know, taking a flyer on here or there. So I think even with these hitters as expensive as they are, there's still a lot of opportunity to get some of these dudes in because of how weird the pitching slate is. And let's get to that other pitcher that I was alluding to. Carlos Carrasco on the hill for the Indians, 9,400, highest on the slate. Masahiro Tanaka is 6,700. This Indians lineup is not very good. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka is not going to blow you away, but to hit value there, man, I mean, that's really not that hard. He He's had, you know, a 19.6 game, a 20 game in the last month, uh, a 25 point game in the last month. I mean, this Indians team isn't very good in terms of of hitting uh, even their top two dogs. Why the hell is he so cheap, dude? What's going on? I'm not sure because if you look at his numbers, he's got a 15 percent swinging strike rate from both sides above 20 percent K rate. You look at the Indians lineup against right-handed pitching, Jose Ramirez and ja, uh, no, no, uh, Franmil Reyes are the only two hitters with above a 200 ISO. And then you got one, two, three, four, four of them are around a hundred ISO or lower. Mm-hmm. So the, if you could, play Tanaka and you know even Bauer and you could probably still potentially get the Padres some Padres hitters and Dodgers hitters if you wanted I think I think 6700 is a really it's like we said earlier it's the pricing for pitching especially is really weird and I think that's a this is that's a nice spot where you can just say screw it we're gonna we're gonna put in the best two lineups here with this with this with these pitchers and let him fire away. Um, Carlos Carrasco is a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong. ERA under three. He's got a bunch of strikeouts on the season and defeated cancer last year, which was pretty freaking cool. Um, but I don't know, man. I know we said we're not going to play too many of the Yankees against Bieber. I don't feel as bad playing this Yankees 
stack against Carrasco. I'm not really going to want to touch too much Carrasco um, against this Yankees lineup, which we just saw uh, put up double digits uh, up against Bieber and company. So uh, I don't know, man. No, thank you. I think it's I'm going to throw them in one. I will say that because I think it's your fastest way to get different after everybody's seeing what the Yankees did today. Sure. With that being said, I think tomorrow could easily be the flip. I mean, if the Yankees scored 10 runs today, they could get shut out tomorrow now. You, I mean, it's true. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm going to have them in one of my lineups just because it's the fastest. It's going to probably be the easiest and fastest way to be different. And he's got the upside that Brower does. And I mean, Obviously, he's a strikeout hitter. The Yankees strike out or hit home runs. Unfortunately, tonight they hit a lot of home runs. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot a lot of home runs. runs. So, home runs. but yeah, I, like I said, I'm going to have them in one just because it's the easiest, fastest way to be different because everybody's going to be like, well, shit, the Yankees scored 10 runs off Bieber and Co. So, I mean, we might as well ride them again. Watch out. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I have a bad feeling. I think the Yankees are going to do really well this postseason, and that uh, that scares the shit out of me. Uh, so we're probably not <laughs> doing too much on the Cleveland side for hitting. Um, definitely still interested in some of the Yankees' bats. Not going to go super heavy. Definitely interested in a little Carrasco because, again, there's a reason he's priced as high as he is. He is that damn good. Uh, we'll just see about that. Um, let's move on to the Milwaukee Dodger series. Now, this was an awesome series a couple years ago. NLD or NLCS, they went seven games. It was great that the Brewers were made that awesome move in taking Wade Miley. They pitched him for a single pitch and then took him out of the games to screw up the Dodgers' entire lineup because he's super, um, you know, they were super heavy to one side. Which I just, I loved it, man. I thought that was absolutely fantastic this year. A little different. Uh, the Dodgers are incredible. The Brewers suck. Uh, really not too much going on here. If the Dodgers don't win in two games, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They have Walker Bueller on the hill at 8,800. And then we also have Brent Suter and we have Frankie Peralta. Uh, Freddie Peralta, I apologize. They're going to be doing some three-inning here, three-inning there kind of bullshit, so we're not going to be playing either of them. Um, Walker Bueller, though, this Milwaukee lineup's not that good. He's been solid this year, not great by any means is at least what we expect. He doesn't go super deep into games either, which we don't really love only 71, 61 and 65, his last couple starts out. So I guess, I mean, we're going to stack the Dodgers lineup. That's easy. We know it, you know, we'll figure out who in a little bit, but how much Bueller are you going to be trying to get on the slate? Yeah. Pending, pending ownership, which probably did seeing, get a feel for closer to tomorrow. Bueller might be my favorite pitcher against this Milwaukee lineup. Milwaukee has four guys that are 30% K rate or higher. Bueller finally lo- looked like the Bueller that we were seeing last year. In his last outing, only one hit through four with six Ks. Uh, he, he was at 65 pitches. They said he could have went to 80, but obviously they knew he was probably going to start game one or game two of the postseason. So they yanked him. They said he's ready for a full full workload, full pitch count. So if he's if he's what he looked like that I saw last start, I, I really like him here in this spot, especially at 8,800 when he hasn't been below. Even though he hasn't been great this year, he hasn't been below 10K yet. So mm-hmm. There you go. That's something. I like yeah. that. That's <laughs> I hope people stuck around for the half hour because that's some good shit right there. Right. I like that. And then I guess in terms of the Dodgers stack, 
Um, again, because we're doing three and three, it looks like with these pitchers on the Brewer side, are we pretty much just saying like go for broke, you know, throwing that Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger. And I mean, Corey Seager has been fantastic. Just try and get three or four dudes from this lineup somewhere in your, uh, in your DFS plays. Yeah, Suter's numbers are actually worse against left-handed hitters. So if you want to stack these left, left-handed left bats, um, you can definitely do that. I'm just going to punch in. Mine had um, Suter as the starter, so I'm going to punch in Freddy Peralta quick. Peralta's, Peralta, of course, is worse against right-handed hitters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess... I thought I was I was hoping that Peralta was going to be you know lefty left worst against left-handed hitters too, but he's not unfortunately. So really, you can Will Smith has a 350 ISO against right-handed pitching. Seager's at 301. Uh, Mookie Betts is at 354 ISO against right-handed pitching. So yeah, those are those are the three numbers that pop for me. Bellinger's at 252 ISO. Just giving you kind of an idea, but yeah, any of these hitters really, if you want to take the cheap ones to try to save some money, if you get the Padres stack or however you want to look at it, I think the Brewers bullpen other than Hayter isn't great either. I just think that the Dodgers are in a, in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I think I'm hoping the Dodgers just roll their way through the playoffs just so we can watch them on the big stage, just choke it away again as long as it's not to the Yankees. But it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Um, That was absolutely fantastic. Play a bunch of Dodgers, play a bunch of Padres because we think they're in absolute smash spots. A lot of different pitching options. Make sure to be on the lookout for the articles. Brian will have his Picks and Pivots article out 7.30-ish, 8 o'clock in the morning, windailysports.com. Come hang out with us in the expert chat, windailysports.com backslash chat. Seven free days in the expert chat where you get to ask Mitchell at BombCarlo15 a bunch of questions about your lineup. You get to ask Brian, you get to ask Adam, you get to ask Ghost, you get to ask everybody here on the team. And that also includes NFL, which we've been smashing. I think we have three or four uh, five-figure weekends so far. Uh, So that's not bad. Not a bad place to be. 10K, 20K, 25K, not not a bad place to be for a weekend. So that's always fun. But Mitchell, where, uh, where can everyone else find you on the internet? Yeah, at Mitchell101, T-H-O-E-N-N-1 on Twitter, and then Mitchell Tennis, T-H-O-E-N-N-E-S on Instagram, and then in the Discord chat at BombCarlo15. BombCarlo15. You can find me at MichaelRazeal1. Make sure to follow us at Windaily Sports. Come hang out. Be a part of the family. WindailySports.com backslash chat. See what we're all about. We appreciate each and every one of you. For Mitchell, for myself, for the rest of the Windaily Sports team, we hope you make it a very profitable evening. <laughs>